1: recreate your life what sort of stories are you telling yourself your finances relationship career and sense of well-being are all reflections of the stories you've accepted as true the problem is that most stories are limiting fear-based or just plain wrong and worst of all you didn't even write them they were taught to you by others who believed them too and a commercial culture that survives on making you feel ugly, inadequate, and afraid. Do you want a healthy romance? More abundance and success? Do you want to feel confident and worthy? It's time to rewrite your story. Tune in each week as I share stories, tools, and practices to help you rewrite your story to recreate your life. I'm Cynthia Ocelli. Thank you so much for being here with me today. This first show is going to be different from all the rest. Future rewritten shows will focus on helping you change the negative, limiting, unloving, and toxic stories you've learned to tell yourself about yourself and about your life so that you can create better relationships, better finances better career and work success, more self-worth, and health. But I don't know about you. I like to know about the person who's talking to me about such important life topics. If you know me from the Resurrecting Venus show or from Self-Centered with Cynthia Ocelli or you've followed me or read Resurrecting Venus, then you already kind of know my life and where I'm coming from. But this show is a little different than all the rest. The title of this show is, Who Am I and Why Should You Care? For me, I always want to know a little bit about the person who's talking to me about huge issues that change the trajectory of my life. I want to know at least a little bit. I want to know them at least a little bit, right? Right. I want to know how they came to believe what they believe. I want to know what they've been through. One of the things I make a practice of staying away from in my life is people who tell me how to handle something that they don't know anything about or they've never been through themselves. And I know that they may be well-intentioned and I love them for their effort, but I really care a lot about the choices I make and the shifts I make, and the beliefs I adopt. And I really need to know a bit about the person, know where they're coming from, know what they believe, know what they've been through. And I mean, this could even come down to like baking, right? (laughs) I love food. I love cooking. I love baking. If I get a recipe from someone who's never made it, I don't know if I'm actually going to follow that recipe versus getting one from someone who has been in the dough and really worked hard hard to perfect this recipe. That's my preference, and that's kind of the point of this show. I also like to know whether I agree with the way a person evaluates challenges and their views in life. I need to know if we're a fit. And the truth is, not everybody is a fit for you. And I want us to figure that out today because the world is so full of people that we do resonate with, That we should all be connected to them. We should all find them. Life is precious and we need to be with our tribe. So in this show, I'm going to open up my world and life to you so that you know where I'm coming from when I ask you in future shows to rewrite the limiting, fear-based, or just plain wrong narratives that you tell yourself so that you can change your life. So, who am I? Well, I guess if we were starting with my, my PR bio, the details, I'm an author, I'm an intuitive coach, I'm a mom, I have a law degree. I have been honored by a U.S. President, Bill Clinton, at the 2016 Democratic National Convention for being an American success story. I've traveled the road from rags to riches, as our um, superficial culture would describe it. I've also been married more than once, divorced more than once. I've been a teen welfare mom and I've been a millionaire living in Bel Air. I've worked for others and I've worked for myself. I've lost a marriage to a man I loved because of a tragic illness. I've lost my mom to death from brain cancer. I'm biracial and I grew up in a white world and a home where I regularly witnessed and received Racism and discrimination and all the pain that came around that. I know what it is to feel like life is hard. It will always be hard. It will always be negative. And I also know the real world magic of changing our minds by choosing better, more empowering, and usually more truthful stories to tell ourselves. So you might be thinking, I don't want to tell myself stories. That doesn't sound healthy or normal. I want to reassure you that we are all telling ourselves stories all of the time. We have an inner narrative that runs in our minds all of the time. It frames how we see the world. And if you get a group of five, 10 people together, how they see the same event will always be slightly different because they're viewing it through the lens that they think is true about life. That's where our power is. We are always telling ourselves a story, and so often the story is an unhealthy one. At a minimum, it is just plain wise to choose the stories that you're telling yourself, to dig in and to understand where you might be limiting yourself, where you might be closing doors, where you might be blocked, where you might be doing things or thinking things that stop you from recognizing the opportunities for greater love, greater success, greater happiness, greater health, greater wealth, all of it. Most of all, I know that we all have within us the ability to become better when we tap our deepest resources, things like our soul force, our power, and our life's purpose. In fact, Tapping these resources and changing my story is the single most powerful action I have ever taken. I'm not coming to you with a theory. I'm coming to you with a practice that I have implemented in my life over and over, decade after decade. And I am by no means perfect. I am like everyone else. We are all imperfect. I have forgotten and lost my way and fallen deep into toxic narratives and believe them as true. And I have had to take myself by the hand and lovingly walk myself out of those toxic stories and rewrite my story so that I could recreate my life. And I am here to do that with you in future shows. But we'll continue here. I used to be poor. And my bank balance had very, very little to do with it. I was soul poor. I saw this world as a place of lack and unfairness. And whatever we see the world as, it's going to say yes and prove itself as true. Because everything is available all of the time, positive or negative. I constructed a whole story around this horrible, unfair and negative world. And my story went something like this. I'm broke. I don't have money. I don't have any talent. I don't have any opportunities. Nobody will help me. There's no hope for me. I suffer so much more bad luck than other people. It's just not fair. And the deck is stacked against me. I'm 20 years old. I'm black. I have a child. I'm a dropout. I'm on welfare. I am a victim. And Maybe if life would stop mistreating me, I could get out of this and do better, but it's no use because it won't. I walked around with an inner story and mantra that went something like, if only somebody would help me, but people don't care about me. Everybody's greedy and selfish, and they don't care about me. And now, what I call one divine day, at the time I did not call it divine by any means, I was at a grocery store in Monterey, California, waiting in line, and I ended up talking to the lady in front of me, and she gave me a smackdown, and it changed my life forever. And she is in my mind today, my heart as an earth angel. We all have them. They just aren't recognized often in the moment they show up. This lady was not moved. By my plight, she couldn't see my story. Instead, she saw a capable young woman who was smart and articulate, who had tethered herself to a story that was creating a life of subsistence and just victimhood waiting for someone to save me. And she said something along the lines of, ditch that story and all your excuses. Instead of demanding more from life, demand more of yourself. She told me that I could have anything I wanted, anything, but that I needed to stop expecting others to bend from me so that I could have it. She told me that life didn't owe me anything and that if it did give me what I wanted without me having to stretch and work and reach and grow for it, I wouldn't be able to handle it anyway. She said, There's nothing wrong with life. The problem is inside of you. Stop telling yourself how bad you have it, how unfair life is, and how you can't do anything about it. Start thinking about how to get where you'd like to go and don't expect anyone to make it easy for you. Rise up and change your story. So, I was stunned and taken aback by this lady. I thought she was audacious, and I gave her that word, the insensitive B word, and I did my very best to forget her, just shut her down and write her off. But I couldn't. I kept hearing her words in my mind. I dreamed about her. I even stopped going to that supermarket so I didn't have to run into her. But every time I went shopping somewhere else, I thought about her. And as I calmed down and I started to see what she had given me, I began to hate her less. Gradually, I grew to appreciate the seeds that she planted inside of me. And today, she sits in my heart and my mind as a divine channel of wisdom that came into my life to set me on a trajectory that was beautiful, and hopeful. This lady was right. If I was ever going to be the strong, empowered, successful woman that I dreamed of being, I would have to start behaving like that. It wasn't just going to happen to me. I wasn't going to get the change in life and then be who I wanted to be. I had to be who I wanted to be, and then my life would change.
0: So from this very
1: dark, very disempowered state, I had kind of messed my whole life up, put myself definitely, uh, all the odds were against me. But still, I took responsibility for myself, for my finances, for my future, and most importantly, for my story. I learned a question That kind of became a truth test for me, and it went something like this. Would every person in this situation have a terrible, negative, bad outcome? And if the answer was no, which it virtually always was, then I knew that I had actions to take and beliefs to shift and things to do that could help me become one of those who had one of the best outcomes possible. I stopped blaming myself, I stopped blaming others, I stopped making excuses, and I stopped complaining. I started focusing on my inner world, my inner dialogue, my beliefs about what was possible for me, and I started looking for things I could do to make my life better. One of the key things I did was I stopped spending time with other people who shared my mindset. I stopped spending time with victims and people who wanted to complain and commiserate, which was virtually everyone around me. I changed the way I handled money. Instead of asking for a hardship discount, I sought out great values and great deals, and I started to make friends with money. And we're going to have a show about that because the money mirror, the money story that most people tell themselves, even people who have really had a lot of success, there's a very uh, toxic and limiting, harmful story about money that gets in the way of you becoming a force for good and change in this world. I can't wait for that show. That one's coming. Money is a huge story that we, most all of us need to change the narrative that we're telling ourselves. So I changed my money story and I started speaking and thinking and behaving in ways that I imagined I would if I were an up-and-coming success who just had to bridge the gap from here to there. I had a whole vision of where I wanted to go and who I wanted to become. And in changing my story, and it was not easy, and that's kind of the the cause for this show, the reason, I want to help you by showing you what worked for me, what has worked for my clients, what I witness work on a large scale year after year in the world, so that you spend less time figuring out what what do I need to shift, and more time shifting, because as Wayne Dyer said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Course in Miracles talks about a miracle being a change in your mind. This is so supported and so powerful. Again, for me, it's the single most powerful thing I've ever done. And for every time I've been in a terrible situation, whether that was a loss, a death, a perceived failure, a dream, a desire, no matter what it was that I was either going through or wanting to become, the key piece, the most powerful piece, was to change my inner story. And that's what I'm here to help you shift in your life. So the lady in the grocery store was right. Life didn't owe me anything, but when I changed my story and came to my own rescue, life gave me everything. My conversation with this woman lit such a fire under me, I started studying everything I could get my hands on about personal development and spirituality. And I haven't stopped. Okay, so we're talking decades. I am an avid reader, and I retain all of the good stuff, synthesize it, crystallize it, and bring it here to you. I think I may have tried every even remotely possible tactic and process and spiritual method and new way of doing, you know, transformative mind change, many of them didn't work and some of them did. The one constant that has always worked and doesn't require faith, rituals, or magic, all of which I love, by the way, and all of which I will share with you in the future, but they're different for everyone. You make them personal, but the one thing that works for everyone is to change your story. So instead of telling myself that I was and would always be a hopeless failure, I started to remind myself that if anyone had ever climbed out of a failure, then it was at least possible for me. I told myself that I could grow and I could learn and I could try and that I didn't have anything to lose. And how this showed up in my life, I started stopping television watching all day. I started reading instead. I started writing out my dreams and seeing myself living them. I read biographies about people who came from much more dire circumstances, like the civil rights movement, the Holocaust, genocides, and families where violence and harm were daily occurrences. I read a self-help book called Life 101 and the sequel, which had a tagline of Get Off Your Butts. My self-pity and victim story all of a sudden became less and less true. I started to realize, whoa, that's really a a set of affirmations, self-harming affirmations that I've been repeating every day in my mind for years. To shorten the story of the next years, with my new insights, with my new stories, I tried different things to change my life. Not all of them worked, and not all of them worked right away. I sold insurance door-to-door in Washington State's coldest winter. I came down with a respiratory infection. I worked at a U-Haul doing data entry and truck rentals. I got a job as an assistant two months before the executive I was assisting got fired. It didn't just magically transform. It was rocky. And I've learned that life sometimes takes us through challenges so that we develop the capacity to handle, to hold the dreams that we're asking for. A simple way to put this is like, let's say that I have a dream of lifting 150 pounds. And if life put them in my hands today, I likely couldn't budget, right? But if I train every day and build the muscle, I'll develop the capacity to lift that 150 pounds, just like you. Sometimes it's the strain and stress in life that get, makes creates the growth that we need to actually stand and competently hold and maintain the dreams that we are seeking. And I found that to be true. I became far more able to handle complex business ideas, large amounts of money, how to actually be good with money, how to have a strong relationship with money, spend it happily, save it happily, invest it happily, make it last happily, and be at peace with that. I had some very, very big dreams when I was living in my garage on welfare. I wanted big everything, big love, big house, big life. And during my time of failing through my jobs and learning all sorts of things from the businesses and people that I was around, I made a choice to get a real estate license. And then I took another assistant job at a commercial real estate company. Then I took a second job at a property management company and another job for a commercial residential real estate agent in Beverly Hills. In that time, I studied my bosses and I learned their stories. I learned how they viewed money and I learned the stories they told themselves about success. And some of them weren't great and some of them were wonderful, and I still tell those stories to myself today. I saw for myself that there is nothing inside other people, there was nothing inside my super successful bosses that I didn't have or couldn't learn or learn and grow and nurture within myself. I started to realize, and this is the truth, we are all so much more similar than different in our capacities for growth The fact that you can follow this conversation, understand it, and see in your mind how this could work for me means that you can see it for yourself and utilize it so that it works for you. Without knowing what it was called, I was using a growth mindset, a term coined by Carol Dweck, the author of the book Mindset, incredible book, by the way, one we're going to focus on frequently in the future. I believed that I could grow and I could change for the better. And just having this belief will change your life. I'm going to fight for this shift in you, but just not yet. Right now, I'm still working on getting you to embrace just the possibility that I might have something beneficial to share with you as we go through all of these shows on rewriting your limiting narratives about you, and about your life. So back to my story. I dove so deep into this growth mindset that I tried things that people said were plain crazy. I built a real estate business. I started dating a man with three master's degrees while I was still a ninth grade dropout. I hatched a plan to get into law school. Yeah, law school with no high school diploma and no undergrad. I took the law school admissions test prep course, and I took my first practice test. It looked like I wasn't going to get anywhere, but I stayed. I studied and I persevered until I could master the law school admissions exam. And they say that it's an exam that you can't really grow your ability on, that you can't really learn to do better on. And a lot of people say that a lot of things are like that, and it just plain isn't true. What you practice, what you reinforce, what you persevere at, you do become better at. And I studied that prep course until I became consistently good at taking the LSAT. I sat, I took it, I got a very high score, and using that score, I convinced an accredited law school to give me a probationary chance. A few years later, I graduated near the top of my class, and I went on to realize All of the dreams that I had envisioned while I was living in the garage. That was my path. And you have one waiting for you. It likely looks very different because your soul has its own purpose. And the answer to what that purpose is, is inside of you. And you may know what your purpose is already and you may not. It will reveal itself. My point today in telling you my story is not to impress you with me, but to impress you with the energy and power inside of you. I'm here to help light the path. In the years after I graduated from law school, life added to my education and experience. That's what life does. I want to sort of create a reasonable and rational expectation of what it is to be a human in this world. There is a body of teaching out there that Only good things happen if you're only happy, only positive all of the time. It's not true. And I just want to take that off the table so that we can move forward in creating the best life and make you the most resilient person that you can be so that when life does what it does, you survive it and thrive again. In the years after my graduation, I had some real triumphs and real tragedies. Failures and losses. I have done my level best to embrace them and mine them for all of the wisdom and all of the healing power that I could bring back for you. Part of my life's purpose is to use all I've been blessed with, and that could be positive or negative, depending how you look at it, to inspire, empower, and heal others. Today, I'm a mom of two grown college grads. I'm an investor, a lover, a friend, an intuitive coach. I am in the thick of writing a five-book memoir series. And most of all, I am so grateful to be here. I am beyond rich and incredibly blessed. And my finances are okay, too. I have helped Thousands of people achieve deeply desired dreams by changing the stories they've been telling themselves. And I'm super excited and on fire to help you change yours. So there we are. I hope you have a little better understanding of who I am and why you should care. And I'm so eager to travel this journey with you on rewriting the narratives that you're telling yourself or identifying them and realizing, hey, this is a great one and reinforcing it. Feel free to reach out to me. Tell me your stories. Tell me what you'd like me to rewrite the narrative on. Tell me what you believe about love. Tell me what you believe about money. Ooh, and tell me what you believe about you. You can write to me at Cynthia at CynthiaOcelli.com. If you do, I may address your question on the air, so please tell me if you'd like to be anonymous or you'd like me to use your name. My website is CynthiaOcelli.com. That's C-Y-N-T-H-I-A-O-C-C-E-L-L-I.com. And there's also a Contact Me button there. Thank you for joining me today. And until next time, remember, the story you tell yourself is creating your life. Have a beautiful week.